0: Yeah, let's talk and chat. Welcome, this is In the Ring podcast. Ben Oliver, Eliza, yeah, that's the team. Time to get
1: real. This is In the Ring. Hey, In the yeah, Ring. Yeah, welcome to another episode of In the Ring. Uh, today, In the Ring, we're only Oliver, the voice of your choice. No Ben, no Eliza, uh, but we are joined by a very special guests, Terrell Johnson here. Your hey man Jordan. All right, welcome guys, welcome fellas to the ring. Thanks. How y'all doing? Doing well, doing well. Hello. Thanks for joining. Thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Uh, so we got we got a very special episode for you guys today. We're gonna talk a little bit about uh, working in the service industry, working with some high retail, high clients. Uh, the kind of dark stores some dirty stores. We're gonna get into the goods.
2: <laughs> I'm ready for it.
1: <laughs> All right, man. So so why don't y'all why don't you guys tell tell the people a
2: little bit about yourselves, like with your background, that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll go first. Um, came here from New York 14 years ago, almost to the day actually. Um, got into service industry, working at IHOP. That was my first waiting job, I was 21 years old. Um, went to Cracker Barrel. Worked Oof. at Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. You worked at, you worked at Cracker Barrel. I worked at Cracker Barrel. I opened up a Cracker Barrel in Matthews, North Carolina. Okay? Yeah. That was treacherous, okay? If you're a <laughs> server, <laughs> Uh, the trenches people call it yeah that was the epitome of the trenches Uh, that was not fun the first week our biscuit guy OD'd on heroin first week I was like what? this is what we're dealing with here shit yeah it was kind of trippy for sure Um, (laughs) (laughs) I stayed there for a year got burnt out went to Outback Steakhouse I was actually working both jobs Mm -hmm. cracker barrel during the day Outback Steakhouse at night Um, you were hustling I was hustling just putting paper together I got tired of all of that when they increased my clientele culture and got to Del Frisco Steakhouse in South Park, Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, spent eight years there and learned the business of etiquette, of wine, of fine foods, um, and procedure that is polished, really polished, and it changed me for the better, for sure. I've moved on from there, um, but the stuff I've learned from that place, um, good and bad. (laughs) <laughs> uh, not bad from the company, but uh, I've taken everything and used it in life, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. But.
0: Well, like you said, that's my brother, actually, Terrell. I'm Jordan, and we both came from New York, obviously. But um, I've always wanted to be a chef growing up. So him just hopping in that industry, I was like, wow, okay. So when it was time to work, I just followed that guy. I was like, man, let me get a job at wherever you at and he was like all right i'll put you on so first i followed him at outback i was just front of house young started as a busboy, and then um gradually just worked my way up to actually getting in the kitchen because i always wanted to be in the kitchen i just wanted to see how things went and after that i actually went to johnson wells graduated from there congrats man thank you thank you um left outback later went to other places bonefish grill Um, Yeah, original pancake house, sort of like him hopping around, like (laughs) that's what the restaurant industry is, is hopping around at different places. But um, where else did I go? Yeah, Firebirds, worked there for a while, Um, always just had that energy to be in the kitchen, so then I went to Del Frisco's with Terrell, and we were there, I left there, I'm at Sous Chef at City Smoke right now, so. Oh,
1: congrats. Yeah. That That's giant. awesome. So y'all so you guys catch it on, on both ends. You guys get the yeah the, the kitchen experience mm-hmm. where I feel like people don't really know it unless it's, it's either really good or it's really negative. Right. Mm-hmm. And you guys and then you caught call it it front house. Front house. Absolutely. So let me ask y'all the, the let me get to the interesting stuff. What's the most annoying thing
2: or annoying things that customers do? For me, most annoying thing, um, it's, it's weird. So, working at Del Frisco's is like going from, I came from Outback Steakhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Honda Accord to a Lamborghini, <laughs> okay? That's how big of a jump it is. So, stuff that annoyed me at Outback Steakhouse, and stuff that annoyed me at Del Frisco's, it's so different based on the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, the entitlement of the elite in the class, um, that probably annoys me more than anything. Strangely enough, a lot of people have a misconception that many of the people who come to a place like Del Goes Monday through Thursday, which is always suits and ties. Friday through Sunday is families, anniversaries, birthdays, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, they have money, they're really bougie all the time. I would say it's only about 10% of the people like that. Everyone else are really, really fucking cool. Yeah. They have money, they trust your judgment, they trust your expertise, and they say, Hey, Terrell, take care of this for me. We trust you. It's fine. But in terms of annoying things, um, <laughs> the novice who wants to act like he knows wine pour him a taste <laughs> this taste is not for you to say oh i like this or i don't it's for you to see if this wine is faulted or not yeah. and you're like well oh i don't like this like send this back it's like well sir you ordered this i didn't push this upon you yeah. if this wine is not faulted this is the wine you paid for of course we can't say that so there's the etiquette of taking the bottle off the table but something like that especially the wine costs over 80 bucks 100 bucks it makes you look bad to management if you're the server at this table. And in reality, this guy or girl is just really being a prick yeah. and doing the wrong thing in terms of etiquette because they don't know any better.
1: <laughs> we, we were just talking about that last last week that one of the worst things is the idiots that just sit there and just run their mouth all day yeah. about what they know and they don't know shit. Yeah, I'm a right. connoisseur of this. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, who the hell are you? you what credentials right? do you have? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Connoisseur is like the most used word, and it <laughs> shouldn't be, because very few <laughs> humans are connoisseurs <laughs> on fucking anything. <laughs> like, stop. <laughs> do you have a degree in this? Yeah. How long have you been doing this for? Like, connoisseur, pump the brakes. It's the Two worst. Seconds. It's the worst.
1: You're sitting there, and you're like, this is what I do. Yeah. For a living. Like, and it's it's not, it's in all areas of life. Like, right. lawyer, people come to me, they want to argue me about about legal argument. I'm like, oh, what law school did you graduate from? Right. And like, same thing. I don't know, look, all I know is, is that when I like, I try wine, if I like it, I put it on a list. If I don't like it, I don't put it on the list. So that way, the next cool. time I go there, I'm like, okay, I know I like this, this, and that. I don't know shit else. I, I learned how to swirl it a little bit. Right. And that to, <laughs> to help it oxidize or, or breathe or well, something right. like
2: that. Yeah, well, hey, right. yeah,
1: something like that. I was like, I was, yeah, hey, I'm like, oh, so I did that. I was like, that's what I'm supposed to do. All right, okay, right. you know, look, that's it. Right. I don't.
2: You Play your position. Yeah. Hey, hey,
1: look. <laughs> you know, that's look. That's that's the name of this episode. Play your damn position. <laughs> Seriously. It's like they do in football, man. If you if you hike that ball and you look up as quarterback and everybody went deep, you are gonna feel some type of way.
2: Absolutely.
1: Know your damn position. Whether you hoeing. Are you working in the in the serving <laughs> yeah, industry, right. and you going to a restaurant, whatever,
2: know your position. Uh-huh. Anyway. I've actually, my answer is question a little better, so now I'm thinking about it as you're talking. Most annoying thing, and people who are hearing this, don't be this person in a restaurant, okay? <laughs> this is what servers, bartenders hate the most. There's two things. One, they close at 11, you come in at 10.55. Oh, Okay? Yeah. You don't know what you want, okay? The kitchen has been working hard all day is now waiting on you to decide what you want because you don't know. And then you get real particular about your shit. And you sit there on top of that. This is part two of this complaint. For an hour or two. It's like, if you can't plan this out, you go to a bar that's open till 2 a.m. Whatever city you're in, if you're hearing this. Do not come before we close. We hate you after that, at least momentarily. Um, So that happens at tables a lot People who are sitting down Even from, I've had tables sit down at 5.30 when we open Sit there till close They sit there till 11 o'clock Like I only have three tables in my section I'm paying my rent off this particular table Yeah. But now it's only dedicated to you Are you serious? (laughs) Because you are so myopic About your experience that you're having That you're not even thinking about What you're doing to the person who's taking care of you For income Who would do that? Several hundreds and thousands of people. I mean, you at least gonna leave like a a tip to make up for that. You would think. That's the idea. That would be ideal. (laughs) That is not a philosophy that's practiced by people. You're paying for time is money. That is a rule of thumb, right for life? Time is money. So if you have that kind of like ruling principle, hopefully you do, then think about that when you're sitting at a table for four hours. And your bills is maybe 150 bucks, and you're tipping $30 on it, but you've been there for four, five, six hours. That's the most annoying thing I can actually say as a front house professional.
0: I bring one thing up. I think one bad thing in the restaurant industry is with the generalization about black folk at the table. Yeah. That's the big time. Because there's other people, white people saying, like, they get the they're real precious. I mean, black servants too, they're precious. I'm like, damn, I got a black table. Like, are they going to tip me now? Like, <laughs> so I can't be mad at them, cause I'm like, they might not tip you. Cause they use <laughs> like, it's so weird. And that's just a hard thing. Or then with being a chef, you know, we, a lot of people like flavor. So it's like, all right, I'm gonna have to add a little salt. This gotta be tasting this way. But other people I'm like this might be too, too sweet, too right. salty.
2: So it's like having, trying to find a balance in between that, just like. Wait, hold up. Jordan, let me ask you. So is that something you actually think about? What? If you know there's a black table versus another table? I mean, I I work in an open kitchen now, so I see, like, who's coming in. Okay. And I see, like, so
0: now I'm, like, I'm Mm -hmm. just studying people, like, oh, this table, this. And they might wear this. Right. I don't, if it's a closed kitchen, I don't see that. I don't know who's. So I just see a ticket and I'm like sending it out. Right. I might
1: put an extra little salt on something if I. Little touch. Yeah. Little nothing, touch. Cra- nothing crazy. That's true. Yeah. I I, I hadn't thought about that because yeah. I know. From, I've never heard that before. I had because you know for me like I like I like my food. I'm from Louisiana, mm-hmm. so I like my food with spice. Yeah, I might have a little spice. Right. So it's like for me, it, it's all it's. I never have a complaint that the food is not spicy enough. Right. Or that it's too spicy. It's that it's not spicy enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are other people that are out and they're like. You know, you put black pepper on there and they swear that, you know, you you O D you O D <laughs> <laughs> So but that's that's because those little things make all the difference in whether somebody actually thinks this was a great meal, they're gonna come back and leave a good tip. Absolutely. Or if they're like, Man, this shit bland. I don't want anything to do with this. Right. I'm leaving a shitty tip, I'm never coming right. back. That's that's a that's that's impressive psychology. Yeah,
2: yeah. So you know, yeah. I'm gonna add on to what he just said yeah. in terms of service. So you know, for those who don't, you know, you can't see me on this podcast. I'm a black male, I'm 6'4, clean cut, and I'm always the token black male in every single restaurant that I work in. And luckily I had good parents that were had a certain etiquette for themselves where I'm pretty professional, I'm pretty sharp. Yeah, you know, I don't quote unquote fit the stereotype that, you know, how I may look, potentially. So when I'm serving black tables and white tables, there is a different style. That I use um, that's gonna conform to what I know is gonna be best for my money. White uh, patrons really value efficiency and timing. This is something I noticed over my 12 years of serving tables. Mm -hmm. Black people, not so much. Uh, It's different. You can be late with the food, as we often are, (laughs) coming coming inside the restaurant. (laughs) But um, if you entertain, if you are funny, you have humor, you have charisma, those bad tips that Jordan talked about a moment ago, you won't get that. There is, you get excess tips at that point, because you're putting on a show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've really noticed that as a black male waiter, the differences in style of service that I might cater to to enhance the experience um, on a personal level, which you know takes some experience to even do. But the, the
0: bad thing is the Caucasian waiter. Or waitress might be prejudiced. I'm like, man, they're not even going to see me. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to entertain them the way I want to. Because I know I'm not going to get what I want. And the, out- the outcome is not going to be what I want. I've had but service might, I- Like, yeah, I'll go out to eat. And I won't get good service. I'm like, oh they're just thinking I'm not going to hook them up. I'm, I'm an industry. They don't know that I'm a chef. I'm going to hook you up regardless. Mm-hmm. But if you treat me the right way, I'm going to hook you up even more. Right. So sometimes I feel like, oh, damn, he's not going to. Tell me what I want, so I'm going to just give them poor service.
2: I agree with that because I've actually heard service in multiple restaurants have that mindset. Yeah, they're like, oh, I'm not going to get tipped anyway, so why are we give giving good service? And it's like, you're not ruling yourself off principle. This is a job, do it well, no matter who's in front of you, point blank, period. You want to cater service to somebody for a certain reason? Cool, as long as it's not offensive. (laughs) I mean, you say something crazy, but... It's a principle. Do your job at a very high level, yeah. point blank. career. Yeah. Uh, you're a professional. But yeah,
0: and then there's some it's some good servers that still get shit on. I'm like, damn, you're right. Hey, I can't <laughs> even Like, you did what you could. Right. Yeah, you still
1: got shit at Yeah, it. that's part of the game too. So, so on that note though, do you, do you find, when you guys go out to restaurants, yeah. black as black people, do you find yourselves having to basically pay it forward to break that stereotype to, to where if somebody's giving you you know that they're not giving you the best service they could be. Right. But, and you think it's because black people don't tip. Mm -hmm. Do you find yourself still saying, I need to tip well on principle just to say, listen, black people
2: tip. Right. Not anymore. When I was younger coming up, yes. Yeah. Now that I'm 33 and I'm a full grown ass man, no. I don't have the security anymore about this kind of idea. Mm -hmm. I'm basing your service, good or bad, off what's going on are you busy do you have too many tables i know you can't handle because you're stressed and it, you're wearing it like heavy clothes mm-hmm. um is the food wrong but your service is great you know i have a very minute way of looking at why the service could not be the best that i'm experiencing right now and i typically tip you off for of that alone um how they might feel about me is immaterial at mm-hmm. this point now it's about just i'm having a good time is she being fair to me about what's going on? Is she being honest about, hey, sorry, your food's taking long, kitchen's backed up, X, Y, Z. I appreciate those things. Mm-hmm. I'll actually give you more of a tip because you are honest about what's happening, the conditions of the situation. Okay. But, yeah, when I was young, absolutely. Now, not at all. But that was a thing for sure. Well, what was
0: the question again?
1: It was-
2: do, you, do you feel that you need to tip? Oh. Well, almost to
1: make up for other. Black yeah, sometimes
0: people. I do because I'm young, I'm impressionable, <laughs> so it's like I'm like damn, I don't want this. Yeah, I want it to be over like that stereotype, but I know it's not so. Yeah. But we eating at it, me us being in the industry, we know those factors. Like, oh, the kitchen might be busy, the serving might have five tables. Right. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tip you good regardless because I know that you might be going through this these these factors. So. Right.
2: And it behooves everyone to be a good tipper because once you, if you like to go to a restaurant, you're known to be tipping good, everyone in the restaurant talks about, hey, that person tips really well. They will roll out the red carpet for you and do things above and beyond people who are listening for you if you have the reputation of the person that tips really well. Uh, So I think it always behooves you to do so within reason. If you had a decent experience, they provided what you needed uh, and they have a hard job. This is commission based only. We get paid two thirteen an hour. It's a commission based job, so I'll take care of your people. Yeah, I might do it. I might exceed expectations <laughs> with tipping a little too much, maybe. I, don't know. <laughs> I, might, I might do go.
0: It's a thing. Though. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't blame you. I, I do that. I used to do that for uh, actually. When I used to go to Del Friscos all the time. Yeah. I used to do that with the with the bartenders. Okay. Yeah, I do that um, in the bar
2: a lot too. Right. It benefits to that. It benefits that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's benefits. <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 but but
1: I did because the thing is you can always get a drink. Yeah, right. you can always get a drink no matter how packed it is. They'll see you. They'll take care of you.
0: They're, they might know you drink already just slide it right. Yep, through. that's yep.
1: uh that's how. So when I was in when I was in when I was in law school, uh, I used to go to a bar. I still would go back there every now and then. Even now when I go back there, I still drink free
2: because
1: mm. they like they nice. knew I took care of them and they took care of me. I would give them a great tip regardless and in right. exchange $50 bill might only be 20 Right. So, and they, you know, it's it's mutual beneficial. Right. Now, you know, look, y'all get caught giving free drinks. That's on y'all. But, you know, I don't require that, but I do expect that, look, if I take care of you on the tip, then you know when I come in, you know what I want. Right.
2: So, you know. There is an unspoken agreement yeah. from patrons and bartenders. <laughs> exactly. If I'm like... <laughs> Tip you 25% because 20% is a standard. 25, 30% and above that. 50. That, Sometimes I
0: do 50 just because. Yeah, I'm feeling I mean, good
2: that day. For sure. But I mean, it's probably off the drinks. I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Straight facts. For sure. Lose some of my intelligence a oh, little bit. Yeah. Get a little loose yeah. in the pocket. Like, oh, what the fuck did I do that for? <laughs> like 8 on 16. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, my bills be like 125, 200. 100. I just left $100. What the fuck am I doing? But uh, yeah, but they're that dope. Yeah. And yeah, unspoken agreement. Yeah. I, I take care of you, you take care of me. And that's how it kind of should be in some ways. Sure. So, so y'all
1: y'all both worked in the, in the finer Fine. restaurants. Fine.
2: Yeah.
1: think you spoke a little bit about this to this, uh, earlier. It was this notion that the only people who go to Del Frisco's, people who got. Ton of money, right? People just making
2: it rain, right? Is that actually true? Yeah, Monday through <laughs> Thursday, yeah, that's true. Well, and here's the reason why Monday through Thursday are business corporate accounts, yeah, this is not their money. They have a budget for the year, but they're from a major corporation. Um, I've had eight tops of businessmen 40 uh, year old white men, suits and ties, or otherwise, black men, doesn't matter. Hey Terrell, uh, we, like, we like big Napa Valley cabs. Find me something in a range of 150 to 250. And we like big steaks, lots of marbling. And just hand me the menus and just I'll walk away. And I'm like playing video games on a computer, <laughs> <laughs> just punching buttons. You know, it might be 2K for a tab, 1600, I mean, 12. That's not their money. And they're using it within the re- means of what's allowed. You know, without being excessive. Mm-hmm. They give me a range. And they know the prices on the menu are. I say, hey, Terrell, get the course. So, yeah, they make it rain. We also have tables that will come in. One guy in particular who will remain nameless, one of my favorite human beings ever. He comes in, first time I met him. True story. Don't know who he is. He's like, hey, young man, what's your name? Terrell Johnson. Like, hey, nice to meet you. My name is such and such. You have a pin and pad on you? Oh, of course I do. Write down these numbers. He has the wine list in front of him. 30 page wine list in front of him. so I was uh, spouting off bin numbers, about 12 of them, full case. Give this to Jeffrey. It's just me 100 bucks right there. Handshakes me 100 bucks. His tab was 12K: For wine to go. <laughs> <laughs> he was, Jeff, Jeffrey is bringing out wine in boxes to go into his car so he can put it into his cellar. Now he's paying premium price. This is a three and a half markup on wines. Everyone knows this. You can get this online for the right price. It doesn't matter. It doesn't to him matter. Cause he just has it. And I mean, you got it. You got it. It ain't tricking him. If you got it, ain't anyway, playing around. <laughs> and he just had it. And uh, yeah, that guy comes in often enough with old Bordeaux from France, and will just give it away. So yeah, it happens. I've gotten tipped a grand at least six times there. On tabs that were not that much more than a grand, so Shaquille uh, O'Neal type th- tipping. Yeah,
1: one hundred percent. Yeah. Well, you know, for, so there are people who go in there. So I, I used to go there at least once a week. Yeah. And that was when it was ironically that was when it was on my money. Now I don't go there as often, and I can expense stuff. Right. I really, I really should reverse that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a, but I remember like. I'd have a friend come in and they're like, wow, these people just order and stuff. And I'm like, that's, they're expensive that. That's like, like not everybody, right. but a lot of them are expensive that. Sure. they expect And that, because, I mean, look, you can't, some of those people, you start, I was going in there regularly enough to see like, okay, y'all coming in here every day or every other day or once a week, twice a week. And every time you get the same thing. It's possible that's on you, but I don't, I don't, you know, that's, right. so, and a lot of people will look at that with their own money and say, you know, they're trying to go on with the Joneses. And they're like, oh, I'm going a, I'm to a try to measure up with you. Right. Yeah. And they spend themselves in the oh. poorhouse mm. trying to keep up with somebody that's not even spending their own money.
2: Definitely. The yeah, so.
0: competition in the restaurant issues, really. Yeah. I remember doing big caterings. This one guy, um, one of the NFL players' dads, mm-hmm. like um, Anthony Gonzalez, I think. He nice. was like, yeah. He was like, what did the uh, guy last week pay for? He was like, he did this, maybe 20K. He, he had to cater his yacht for the lake and uh, put in Bay, Ohio. He's like, yeah, maybe 20K. He's like, all right, let me get this, this, and that. Like, End up being a little bit more than <laughs> that other
1: guy. Right. He's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. So we just made 50, 60K. <laughs> People just like, all right, I'm going to do more this. Y'all should start a competition. Who want to give me the most money? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I love that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. So, uh, so another conversation that comes up a lot. I know at Del Frisco's in particular, but this is applicable to almost every restaurant.
2: Right.
1: It's the eye candy. Yeah. That there's the women that work there. Mm-hmm. And at Del Frisco's, the rumor is is that a lot of these guys show up at Del Frisco's. Yeah, they like the food. But they're there trying to pick up some chick. <laughs> Yes, and the right. chick is there to get picked
2: up right Indeed. is that true? so I'll just say this the goes <laughs> is the land of the beautiful people okay? you have attractive human beings walking in there attractive human beings that work there it's one of the best places I've ever worked in seen, been a part of um, so when you have that kind of, you know, of market so to speak <laughs> it's going to bring everything that comes with that You're going to have guys who are in there trying to impress with money. Those girls who are seeking money. So those girls do show up. They're at the bar. (laughs) They're there on certain days. If you're a local, you know what days those are. I don't (laughs) need to speak to that. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's a market. I mean, you're there to meet people. You're drinking. You feel good. You're probably dressed in a particular way, which makes you feel great, look great, and you're there to, you know, have fun. So, the answer to your question is yes. Guys or like any other place, whether it's a club or a bar or a restaurant or a party are there to seek out what they want. And there may be some uh, willing participants for such. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, sure. don't,
1: I know that there's some, uh, there were some older women there that would show up there. Some young and like young guys. I remember one woman was there and I saw her. She was just literally going down the road. Yeah. She passed. If you were under 35, she was like walking by and like trying to talk
2: to you right and
1: I'm like, woman, well, I you like you will want them to be my mama right it, this no. is not happening <laughs> It's not happening right no I I'll don't the hell of a drug I ain't, I ain't drunk enough <laughs> 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 no way no way look I right. I ain't got no mama stuff for me right but all right so you so that's what so that's what you guys see are they also within the restaurant. I hear it, the rest of our business. This is, I hear this all the time. Servers and other servers, waitresses, kitchen people. How incestuous is it? Well, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it goes down. So, yeah, it goes down. I think, wait, I think this is like one of the only places actually it was allowed where you mix business and pleasure. What? Like, just not
2: the industry itself. The industry itself. Yeah. Bartending, serving that industry, hospitality, restaurant. I agree. Yeah, it's Go
0: like ahead. you don't want to at a desk job. You don't want to like do things like too much with the person that's sitting next to you every day. Like in a cubicle. In a cubicle. Is, it's a few people you see every day, maybe. But nah. in a restaurant. We, I mean,
2: I think the difference, like with corporate places, white collar places, um, or cubicle type situations, is you don't have a lot of interaction. Right, you're a drone. You sit down in a place, in a box, you do work, you answer phones, you clock in, you clock out. The service industry is completely different. There is a transient, lots of movement, lots of interaction, eye-to-eye contact, physical interactions, tight spaces. And you mix attractive people with that and the influence of everyone having a party, essentially at the bar, at your tables. It's a fun, lively environment, typically full of young people. You're going to have <laughs> interactions, interactions, for sure, that's unlike any other industry, I think, maybe in America. Mm-hmm. So, it isn't just the Frisco's, but I think the industry itself, Anthony Bourdain will probably talk about this, uh, or has, actually, that it is a different type of world, and yes, the, the play that happens between coworkers is... Yeah, it's like uh,
0: the epitome of like
2: work, wife, and work, husband. Like you really have, you can have a whole
0: relationship at home, but you have a work, oh, wife. oh absolutely, you have a work.
1: You talk, so you're talking about like the like the old days? You know, um, I don't know if y'all have this, but like the old days, especially in the country, um, man would have a family and a whole family, he have a whole another family in another town, <laughs> like twenty miles away. Yeah. And he would be like, I got to go to work for the weekend, and he'd be with the second family, <laughs> and they come back on Monday. Talking about that, talking yeah, about something it's like that. essentially this. like you have a work wife. like
2: I've had two or three work yeah. wives in my life where it's like yeah. we're legit. We argue. We combat each other. I love her. I love you. Like yeah. she's my girlfriend. I've never kissed her never touched her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all the
0: natural emotional and other relationships. Right. But y'all
2: not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we clock out and it's over. We don't, yeah. we don't text each other maybe. Maybe not yeah. even that but at work is that close of a thing. Yeah. And that's probably true in some other industries I'm sure. But I, I know for a fact it's definitely in restaurants. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. a good question. Do you all have you all ever played this guy <laughs> 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 I
0: I try not to yeah i haven't maybe once yeah i don't know about yeah rail is the opposite yeah man you've, i'm back you have a plea, you
1: ever played out the sandbox man?
2: played out the sandbox yeah. right. what, what do you mean so. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes to my demise at times yes <laughs> for sure absolutely and yeah, i wouldn't take it back for the world i mean this industry has i'm, I'm a natural extrovert, extrovert um and the people in this industry are typically extroverts if you work front house all the work back house, although he's pretty social. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've definitely engaged. I've had girlfriends at work, which, for the most part, 99% of the time has worked out perfectly. Um, the 1%, uh, not so much, which can be detrimental. We won't get into that. For <laughs> me, I couldn't
0: do it because I wouldn't want to date nobody in the kitchen if it was a girl chef because she's standing next to me all day cooking. I don't want to see you all day. Right. But with the servers, they're moving around, interacting with everybody else. Like, we... In the kitchen, we're interacting with each other, so we don't have we don't interact
2: with too right. many people. It's just kitchen. is the family. Right. And the front house is three floors. Yeah. There are times right. I don't even see my coworkers. Yeah, I didn't when I, when I was worked, there. Me and yeah. him
0: worked at the same place. I didn't see him maybe once a day. Right. That's
2: right. That's right. Because you guys got the
1: there's upstairs uh,
2: right. and one there's yeah. like underground cellar. Yeah, sixteen thousand square feet and legit. Some someone's on the on the upper floor and I'm two floors below. Yeah, and I might see them when I clock out and say hi, bye. If I go out and drink later that night after work, which is also plentiful for a lot of servers, um, I might see you then. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah. So You're just busy. you can have, you can have relationships and not even see your person. Yeah. Sometimes.
0: Yeah, like there's guys that work in the kitchen that date a server. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they don't see them like that. We don't have time to talk that much. So.
2: Right. Okay. It's Interesting. At least in that place, it is. I've only ever seen that kind of interaction. I'm talking about. In that place, based on the size of it,
1: but other spots, other, you know, spot. each other whole yeah, whole it's one floor, floor, and then yeah, mm-hmm. you're yeah,
2: shoulder to shoulder a lot of times. That, that's
1: probably that's probably more difficult.
0: Uh, yeah, a little bit it still happen a little. Still, bit. You see those? Well, as a kitchen guy, we we don't <laughs> see the people outside in the restaurant. We don't see the customers. So, right. if there's attractive
1: waitresses,
0: that's all we see. So,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> that's all we see. What's the what, what's the wildest Thing y'all ever seen in that like y'all ever seen two people trying to sneak off to have sex y'all ever oh man yeah <laughs> y'all didn't see his eyes light up yeah I saw it's
0: that usually in the uh, less busy spots where you have a lot of time on your hands I don't walked into the cooler and they just back up from each other real fast like what the hell are doing? <laughs> in the cooler like in the freezer like what, <laughs> we, what y'all doing in the freezer yeah yeah it, yeah it's some stuff that happens or um some people people like to indulge in drugs, yeah. and in bathrooms and such.
2: Yeah, that's a big thing in restaurants too. Like, So, I've never seen it. I've suspected it's happened. I've just never seen it. You know, when you see two people who you know might be together and just like vanish. And like, what the fuck are they? Where are they? Like, it's been 20 minutes. And they could just be working. But you don't know exactly where they are at the same time. <laughs> so, I've seen that happen. I've suspected that happened. But I've never seen it in my own eyes. That's my answer. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So
1: if, if you've seen someone doing drugs, getting drunk on the job.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I got caught with a little bit of a, bottle. <laughs> a bottle. We was hiding a
2: bottle of liquor in the cooler. And how big of a bottle? It
0: was not that big. Yeah. <laughs> oh, would know, no, <laughs> kitchens literally have a uh, 24 pack in a cooler and like a bottle of liquor somewhere, and the chef would be okay with it. What the fuck? Yeah.
2: like some places. Well, I'm, at, well, I'm acting surprised. Yeah, because that'll yeah, <laughs> like, happen. Yeah. But some
0: people aren't okay with that, so like we was hiding it, and then got word the servers are trying to go in there getting it. It's like this is a kitchen thing, not <laughs> like a server thing. So
2: they got a bunch of business. <laughs> yeah, mind your business. Don't cut. get your own shit. Yeah. So they got caught, man. I've never heard was this. Was like, Who's is this?
0: I'm like, I don't know. All right, we're gonna check the tape. So
2: yeah, there are cameras. this yeah, that's crazy. I never heard that. Yeah. That's crazy. But the,
0: the managers trying to catch us are just as big of a drink as like, <laughs> like, Hey, y'all stop
2: being caught on, ca- like,
1: on camera, man. I can't do it here, so y'all can. All yeah, right. right. That's, smart. that's a smart <laughs> answer.
2: <laughs> well, listen, I've never seen anyone actually drink uh, where I was, but bartenders, it's a known thing, rule of thumb. Bartenders can drink in a lot of bars and clubs and they're, <laughs> they're they're drunk while they're working. Now they might be, they're veterans are efficient and they're doing their job, but yeah, that's a thing. This is why this is a very seedy industry. Like again, Bourdain, I bring it back to him. He talks about all the stuff that goes on inside of a kitchen and a restaurant. This is unlike any industry to me that I know of, where you can have this interplay of almost being white collar in a very fine dining setting, but it is very blue collar in terms of the mystique of the class or lack thereof of what happens inside of uh, close quarters inside the job while you're clocked in. Yeah. You, there's an interplay there. And yeah, people around alcohol who drink alcohol uh, profusely after work <laughs> or, or going to work already drunk from last night, <laughs> which happens often enough. Uh, people yeah. come in hungover. I've I seen a
0: grill guy almost fall asleep. On, like he was on hard drugs, on like heroin maybe he was dozing off on the grill, like about to hit the fire. I'm like, yo, wake up! Yo, that's crazy. And he's just gonna just. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. How does he work here? I gotta get this. On the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of stuff in that industry, man. Is yeah.
1: there is there an acceptable level of drinking? Whether you're on in the front of the house, back back of the house? No. I, There's no, a-
2: it's it's look, if it's known, it's termination if it's known
1: like um, I think you got to snitch on
2: yourself too or just be dumb or someone snitches on you right yeah somebody snitches right. on you
0: but I think they know management knows sometimes I mean I know they'll know if you hung over or not You're like, you don't look that well right but I mean it's a lot of it's a stereotype of kitchen workers being smoking marijuana drug like it's yeah. a lot of people that smoke weed in the kitchen yeah. That's just the normal There's thing. There's no drug test. I went tests. to Johnson & Wales, the whole time. There's no drug test? We don't, yo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, if there was a drug test policy there in would be be no industry. there would be no industry.
2: Though. <laughs> no. It would be gone. <laughs> like, this is why it's the underworld, okay? You don't have to pass a drug test to get a waiting job or a bartending job. You don't. So those who know that <laughs> apply for those jobs yeah. and become proficient, potentially, in those jobs. and But their habits are still the same outside of that job. And I mean, that's how they supply that. That's how they, that's how they supply, if they're that bad off, okay, yeah, that's, that's how they supply how they that yeah. thing. Which is why you hear about, you know, the drug usage from luminaries in our industry, you know. It's stressful. Dealing with humans. And humans it, it's are it's difficult stressful. units. <laughs> <laughs> you know that being an attorney. <laughs> yep. Also, mm-hmm. there's
0: no breaks in the industry. You don't get an hour break if you work eight hours. Right. No. And you're getting paid $2. No. 2 an hour. Yeah, so it's like... Which goes you can taxes. work. You can work eight straight hours. You can work ten straight hours. I just did a fourteen hour shift yesterday, no break, no break. So after work, that's stress. I just want to like get my brain off everything, and the only one of the only ways, if you're not meditating, smoking, <laughs> and drinking,
2: <laughs> the vices, man. Yeah, the right. vices. Yeah, and I think this industry will bring out the vices in you. Um, if you're lucky and smart, you you start to start working out, become healthy. Yeah. the gym becomes your sanctuary. I know that I became vegan while working in a restaurant. I mm-hmm. began waking up at 6 a.m. or earlier than I was ever quote unquote supposed to, based on the time I'm supposed to be at work, to engage myself physically to keep myself yeah. healthy. Because it's a grind mentally, emotionally, and physically yeah. in, in restaurants. And um,
0: then you all around the unhealthy food. Like I, I had to stop eating French fries for three months because <laughs> every just, day I'm I'm seeing French fries. I'm serving them and I'll just eat three, eat three every every 15 minutes. <laughs> it's like, that adds up. Yeah, bad I'm food, like, I yeah. stress. I gotta, I gotta stop, Yeah, add those things
2: up. Bad food, stress, right? Commission-based income. Yeah. Right? Alcohol being prevalent around you everywhere. Right? So it's reminding you of what how people feel when they're on it. Like, damn, I'm gonna feel how good that person feels. <laughs> and then you get off work, it's 10 p.m., 11, 12, 1 a.m. Up. And then you get off work and not, no restaurants are open. It's like, oh, bars are open though. Where do you go? Go to a bar. So, an experienced server disciplines himself and says, you know what? What the fuck am I doing? Just be able to live a square life and kind of get away from the habits of most of us. And Most of us have the bad habits.
0: You got to have balance, though. Definitely. But also, going out there, you meet other people that's in the industry, and it's good to network. You meet, like, people you never... Like you'll, I know Terrell met man, so many people, everywhere we go we seeing somebody he knows. Like oh, this is the chef in this place, and he's a good guy, this is the chef in that place, or this is the bartender-server from this place. They're
2: good people. And I bet my heroes in, at Del Frisco's potential, like particularly, my heroes. I'm into sports, you probably know that. Oh yeah, yeah, like Jordan pulled up. In the MJ pulled up one day. Is he a bad
1: temper as they say? No. not
2: okay. His stories are so polarizing. They're horrible or they're magnificent. Yeah. There is no great era with Michael Jordan. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I only yeah. have good stories about him personally. Okay. Um, which is good for me because he was one of my heroes. He's named after Michael Jordan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> other <laughs> little brother's middle name is Michael. This is by design. <laughs> but Krim Abdul Jabbar, I've met. Bo Jackson, I've been able to meet at Del Frisco's. Um, Herschel Walker. I got introduced to Herschel Walker by Ric Flair. What? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. How about that? I know. it's what 6pm I'm it's slow at work nothing's going on I'm by the bar I know Rick is there I see Rick hour ahead like hey Rick how you doing blah blah blah
0: well how you just lost off and you know Rick Rick is telling you like hey, <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> so,
2: so Rick was just like a staple at the place and he was just there all the time because he's from Charlotte right so he's there pretty much three times a week at one point years ago and I'm at Taco Mac with A bartending friend of mine from the same place. First time I met Ric Flair, he paid for my drink before I even actually got to meet him. Went to go pay for my drink. Server came over. Oh, been paid. Who paid it? Ric Flair. I'm like, why? He wants to talk to the girl you're sitting with. I'm like, what? We both walk over, and I know Ric Flair's quotes my whole life as a kid growing up. So I got to meet him, shake his hand, we got cool. Months later, Herschel Walker apparently inside the building. I see Rick at the bar while I'm on the clock. Hey Terrell,
1: come meet a legend.
2: <laughs> he flags me over. I'm like, what the fuck's going on right now? And I just see this massive human being who's jacked. He's ripped, ripped to shreds, he's 52 years old. Yeah. Ripped to shreds, and it's Herschel Walker. And I'm like, holy shit. And I shake his hand, and he's being generous and kind with his handshake, because he can crush my hand. You hand I'm 6'4", 260, and I feel like I'm pretty strong, lift, lift weights, whatever. He could have crushed my hand if he wanted to. And he was like, hey nice, hey, nice to meet you, sir. Just real polite. I'm like, wow, this is the moment. <laughs> so I've been able to meet some really cool people uh, inside that, those four walls, for sure.
1: Now you know I got to ask, what happened with Ric Flair and your girl?
2: Friend. Oh nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> She's just a female friend. And if she ever hears this podcast, and I'll send it to her, she knows who she is. Uh, shout out to you. I invited her here tonight, but she was too hungover to be here. <laughs> but uh, she like laughed and said, Thank you, Rick, for the drink. You know, Rick's like, you know, hundred years old at this point, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anna Nicole Smith. Exactly. <laughs> never never, never yeah, stopped yeah. nobody yeah but yo shout out to rick you ever hear this rick shout out to you man and uh congrats when you're progressing your health life as well because he's uh made some big strides in that area oh yeah yeah for sure 30 for 30 came out have you not seen it
1: no i haven't seen it yo it's oh, good i
0: only seen parts and i know yeah really? i seen
2: enough of it like 80 percent of it and uh drinking all that stopped wow his son passed away what three years ago who was actually inside the restaurant the night of, the right? night of. and I saw him and I said, like, yo, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he was in a bad, bad spot, I could tell. The next month he passed away. So that affected Rick, I'm sure, in a big way. But uh, Rick had, I think, heart transplant or some kind of surgery. A death scare. Yeah. And just stopped drinking completely and he's been sober ever since. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. Some real shit. Yeah. You, you ever uh, saw Cam Newton? Yeah. Saw so Cam a couple times. For those who are listening, he is as big as you think he is and actually bigger. That guy's a giant. Yeah. Like, he looks like a defensive end, not a quarterback. Wow. He's yeah. coming in a couple times. Rivera comes in every Sunday. Every Sunday, Rivera comes in. I mean, for home games. For home yeah. games. After yeah.
0: a game, he'll come in. Yeah, for sure. Kevin's I mean, cool. Win or lose, he's, he's, he's still there. Yeah, I'm like, damn, they just lost that. <laughs> <laughs> right. And look,
1: still going to get my steak. Also yeah. coming
0: in, Austin gave the kitchen a whole bunch of cake. He cut his cake in, and then he was like, man, send us back. Be good with
2: the cake, yeah. Greg Olsen's amazing. He comes in often, mm-hmm. him and his wife, and his children. And that guy is his most stand up class act you can have, uh, really, as a guest that comes in just as a guest. The fact that he's you know, his stature in the community, in terms of fame, uh, makes it even more impressive, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, he, I mean, he's always up for
1: basically player of the year from the oh, man of the year, year. Yeah. The man of the year, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's that guy, man. He great. is that dude,
2: man. Is he still on the Panthers? Yeah, man, yeah. just signed a new contract. Shout out to Greg Olson, now. I don't know about a new contract, Where? but he's still like... <laughs> <laughs> and I watched him. I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, so I got to watch him in college, and win him at 88 in high school because of people like him. Wow. Where? Yeah, legit. So awesome. Shout out to him. Yeah, drink that tequila. <laughs> we are lit on tequila right now, for those who don't know. <laughs> it's pretty good. Shout out to Chris for making us. <laughs>
1: But uh, all right, I'm trying to think of, trying to think of the, other, the other juicy stuff. I mean, do y'all have any other juicy stories, good uh, stories from? I
0: mean, I was gonna, we was talking about sad stuff, but just how stressful the industry is, and like, yeah. like Bourdain passing, like taking himself out. It's like a lot of that goes
2: down in the industry, and it's so sad to say. We've had, I know of a manager, you know, I'm not gonna say where, um, he committed suicide too. Wow. Yeah, Uh, in the same way Bourdain went out. And he was like the last person you would think would do that, When he's like gregarious, big personalities, um, disciplinarian, authoritative figure who I really respected. And uh, we come to work one day, I'm actually off and I heard the news. I was walking to South Park Mall, got a text, a such and such is dead. I'm like, how? Tells me the way, and I'm like, whoa, like, It rocked us. And it's like, I wish there was some stats on this. I'm sure there is. Can we look at stats on suicide? Yeah. yeah, People don't know what servers go through. And I'm not even asking for a bleeding heart from anybody because everyone's (laughs) job is hard. Yeah. I mean, attorneys have to take home the work. Um, Maybe you don't. (laughs) I I feel like those who are um, empaths who work in your line of work. Yeah probably like yo this is tough and probably don't last that long because it's heavy
1: there's a there's a high burnout rate with them.
2: Like yeah that. i mean it's yeah. taxing to the brand i call that emotional tax yeah, you can actually
1: if you know your industry you could tell who's
2: gonna last you like i give
1: them a year right I give them a few weeks right. <laughs> y'all do bets on that and yeah on yeah, that. yeah. Oh, <laughs> and the restaurant is crazy
0: like the server come in
1: i give her two weeks
0: bro yep the kitchen guy come in bro i give him three days Or she won't make it through training. He won't make it through training. Yeah, you like, Wow, it's a thing where we don't even want to ask your name because we have to learn so many names already. (laughs) We don't even want to know your name until we know you're going to be there.
2: Many people (laughs) operate that way. I don't operate that way, but many people do. I mean, yeah. I mean,
0: I don't want to
1: operate that way. I still ask their name and try to remember it. Yeah. But But you put in that spot that says, I'm not going to have to remember you for long. Yeah. Because you kind of feel like,
2: yeah, they're not going to be here. Especially with
0: dishwashers. You'll go through a dishwasher every three weeks. You wow. got to hire a new one. Who wants to fucking wash dishes to that that's level? To that, that volume? That's the yeah. worst job. Coming home stinky, sweaty, nasty, hot with st- a whole bunch of debris on you. Right. And people old food. Yeah, and you're getting the worst pay ever. Nobody. So yeah, we'll we'll find a new dishwasher every month.
1: Do y'all yeah. do y'all have background checks? Yeah, yeah, but, but not <laughs> really. <drilling. laughs>
0: Especially for that position, you like who wants, who actually wants to wash dishes, with the with a decent background check. Right. It's like who can we find to do this job? I mean, I know y'all y'all any, we gotta like have some risk. Like we might have yeah. this guy
1: come in. I don't know if y'all need Luke Cage shit going on. Just, just, just <laughs> <a> brother <laughs> in the bank, Just <laughs> hey, Tony Montana
0: was a dishwasher in his, uh, <laughs> in his movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you know what's
2: funny, Chris Rock used to work as a dishwasher at Red Lobster before he became a comedian. I didn't know that. Wow. I watched a documentary or interviewing him and he was like, I was picking shrimp tails off of plates at Red Lobster. And I was working on my comedy, I think he was like 19, 20 years old. And uh, he actually got like a little small break, like this one local comedy spot, right? Mm -hmm. And his brother, he invited to show up to the show after the show was over. His brother was like, you're good enough to actually be on stage. Like, this is, you're you're that good. He's like, yeah? He's like, yeah. And it was only that statement that made him think, yo, maybe he's right. And he got away from her lobster and became, that was his first break into like, I started at
0: dishwashing and I had a degree. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they'll start like, even a degree in the kitchen doesn't mean a lot. They're like, all right, we still got to start here. Bye.
2: Yeah. Sometimes. sometimes. They yeah. want to see how much you work.
0: There's so many people that go through the cycle, so high turnover. They want to see if you're worth it. Yeah. So. Well, I
1: mean, people people in every, like, outside of the industry would never get that. People go get their degree and they assume, all right, I'm here to work in my field. Right. You know, at yeah, this level. I need to be at this level. I got to be at this level. And right. you start telling them, you start, you know, pushing papers, they're like, for oh. the hell? <laughs> yeah, hey, I didn't come here for that. Right. Exactly. But. Paying dues. No, it's true. I mean, that's one thing I noticed is that my parents worked in uh, grocery stores and waited bus tables that sort of stuff and when they they did that like they did it because they had to right. but they said like that's the true that's the hardest jobs that they've ever had because you're not getting compensated enough for you to really give a damn about it but you don't have a choice yeah. And if you're trying to get somewhere, if you want some money, then you right. got you got to do it, and yeah. so you learn how to like just put your head down, get through it, yep. keep your eye on the prize, and the moment you're ready, you're ready. But until okay. then, you just kind of take it, and then after that, every other job you got like, what's yeah, that it'll stressing?
0: make you it'll make you so humble. I went from a dishwasher to a sous chef in four years.
1: Yeah. So
0: wow, it's like four to five years,
1: and you and you don't forget.
0: Where I don't forget doing? so I take care of those guys. I'm, I'm like, dead. yo, I know what you go through. Like I wanna b I bought my dishwasher some uh shoes the other day. Like I'll buy them non slip shoes. That's dope. And, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I don't see I don't see bosses doing that. That's yeah, because cool. I know like she's slipping
0: around, you gotta go, oh, I can't have like, that lady fall. She old old lady in the yeah. working hard. Like man, those ladies, especially ladies, they'll be in the kitchen going so grinding. hard grinding, doing three times as much work as regular yeah. guys how did they do
2: this? Like, she might be better than me. They're like, <laughs> for real. Like, they're so, so I got to take care of them. And I'm going to touch on that for a second. Let's get political for three seconds, mm-hmm. right? This whole illegal immigration thing, oh. which is, of course, part of restaurant. Bourdain talks about this again. If there were not legal immigrants, there is no industry where there's workers inside a restaurant, okay? These are valuable human beings where American people, citizens, are not even applying for mm-hmm. not getting paid large sums of money to want to work that part mm-hmm. that you just spoke to, Oliver, um, to do this for a long period of time. And whatever the case, they're doing it. And they at a high level. And they had two jobs. They had two of those same jobs.
0: They just don't work one at. Yeah. Like they have one in the morning and yo. one at night. Even. And
2: I appreciate them and I love them. I'm like, yo, you're welcome in my home anytime. You're yeah, welcome yeah, I love them. In them my really. workspace anytime, yeah. like immigrant, illegal, or whatever. I don't give a damn. Like, are yo. you here to work? Then please, and they, we need they you. They taught me a
0: lot. Like just cooking, you get the, the, my speed right. right. School teaches you how to do it. Mexicans and immig- other immigrants from Middle East, Central America, yeah. South America, they taught me how to really grind it out. Like, oh, you got to do this, blah, 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 blah. They don't even know a lot of English. They explained it to me how to get things done the right way, yeah. the efficient way to get it out faster. Right. So, like, without them, I'm like, I there wouldn't were, even
1: be where I'm at. There were things to learn from.
0: Yeah. You know I mean? for sure. Absolutely. That's people
1: interesting. Because, again, everybody talks about that, like, they think of it as, like, you know, President Trump paying illegal people to, like, cut grass. Right. But yeah I mean in theory, you could find some thirteen year old that wants to cut grass
2: right. but
1: like there's nobody I don't know a single person alive that's like, boy, you know what I look I'm looking forward to doing washing some dishes exactly. people, <laughs> people even like I don't want to wash dishes at my own house with my own food i don't like Imagine I look
0: for three hundred people
1: yeah, and it's like we some foreign people. like I feel weird sticking my hand in the sink for my own food
2: God, I hate watching my own dishes yeah I'm like you
1: better look better clean that off and put it in the, in the dishwasher I'm not I'm not playing that but you think about those kinds of things and you it's like you said no way restaurant business functions without that because they're the only people who if you tell them i pay you a dollar they're the only people who'll be like all right sign me up I think Americans
2: are lazy yeah like, there's a lot of jobs I have people say oh these immigrants are taking our jobs? Really? The jobs you're not applying you for? <laughs> like jobs? We, yeah. we are entitled as hell. Who,
0: who wants to cut like not to say they're cutting grass on it, but who wants to do land
2: work? Landscaping.
0: Landscaping yeah. at twelve in the afternoon right. when it's 95 degrees. But hell no.
2: To me, I do the math on it. It's like, yo, these jobs all them they are occupying are, they're occupied by them because we have not signed up for them. Yeah. Right. That's exactly Oftentimes, what it is. Oftentimes, that is the case, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it
0: is. I mean, maybe we're just like, you know, we outsource. We're just basically in, like outsource, insourcing. Into, yeah, <laughs> like if that's a word. Yeah. What the jobs we don't want to do and we're just yeah. giving it and to people them.
1: Because yeah. there's not a personal life. If you, everybody knows this. It. It's not a personal life. If you got a choice between two equal applicants, and you got one of them that's English speaking American and one of them that's an immigrant you're going to pick the English-speaking American yeah. because it's easier to understand and deal with them. Right. That's just... that's actually It's actually... I've seen that happen where someone is more qualified that's an immigrant. Right. Like, you know, peop, working with people... Like, think about the people you, you talk to when you have to call for customer service. Yeah. you got a choice right. between talking to somebody that's in America or talking to somebody that's in Bangladesh. You're going to pick the American person because you're like, I don't want to deal with... What if I don't, can't understand them? What if it's miscommunication? Yeah. What if they don't understand... Colloquialisms, all that kind of stuff. You don't want to deal with that. So that whole narrative of, oh, well, well, you know, they're taking our jobs. There's no, bullshit. that's bullshit. No, nah,
0: yeah, they actually deserve Like, I had a dishwasher, <laughs> American dude, knows English. He's complaining that this, this, and that. But this, Me- this Mexican lady or this lady from Honduras doesn't know any English. These people are putting everything everywhere, and she has no complaints. She's just getting the job done. Why is this guy complaining about the stuff that she's not even? She's getting the job done quicker, yeah. more efficient. This guy's like, man, we're this isn't that? spoiled, spoiled, yeah. human spoiled beings man. in this
2: country. I heard Chris Rockman say, "We're the only people on the world in the world that will hunt in a full stomach." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's true. Look, people lazy.
1: It's 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 it's, a, it's that's it's that sense of entitlement. That sense of entitlement that. I did like I've earned it I'm entitled to it it's yeah. like people don't realize you can work your entire life you work harder than hard you work two jobs three jobs right. and at the end of it still have nothing to show for it right. because that's just the that's just the way they came out to it there's no right. sense of entitlement you just gotta get it done
2: yeah and entitlement can happen to all of us right yeah Oh, like, I, feel, I feel that way I mean I, like yeah. drinking
1: 50-60 dollar bottle of tequila it's yeah. easy to, it's easy <laughs> being <laughs> like <laughs> being like oh I don't drink that, like, that cheap I don't shit drink Jose. yeah I don't drink right. that no more I'm that like, kind of stuff I'm above that yeah, like, like, <laughs> <And> that's how <laughs> a lot
2: of your customers are right there yeah like
1: yeah I don't play that oh I don't you know I don't eat um, I only buy my steaks from Whole Foods I don't, I don't yeah. buy that shit from Trader Joe's it's I mean, like
2: all right. I mean I have to battle I'm mean, in somewhere new right now mm-hmm. and I see the level of not my competition but people who work next to me for like first year service and I'm like, they're, you're getting better sections. But I'm like, yo, I deserve that. But I'm like, hold up. They don't even know me. They know of me. They know my resume. They know where I came from. But they don't know me. So until they actually see my work ethic, see what I do every day, they can't even respect me to that level. Yeah. So I got to pump my brakes. That just makes you grind. Right. Grind harder. I got to pump my brakes and you know be better and recognize, like, have them recognize me. So that's entitlement, too, that I have to like, kind of work through.
0: That's
2: a yeah, real thing. I think everybody shares that feeling, yeah. but you just got well, to show it like it. Yeah, like it. recognize you know, it, work like through to, it. Yeah.
1: Recognize it, and then... Right. Well, I think, I think that's a good way for us to, to end this this podcast. Is So, every, just everybody out there, right. uh, you know, we, we've started this whole... Apparently, I have a, uh, a corner where I offer pearls of wisdom okay. and hope at the end of every podcast, um, unintentionally. So, now I'm just formally formally providing it like you know, life ain't easy. Get your ass to work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of shit that you deal with. Like, whenever you are thinking about, I think that's a, the interesting immigrant piece is, is immigrants work hard in this country with no expectation. The only thing that they hope is that they don't get deported. Mm-hmm. That's about like that's really the only hope that they have. Right. That's not an expectation. Right. That's just a hope that they don't get deported. That they can achieve some level of success right. and not get caught, and their kids will have a better life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like when you think about that, you put your own personal struggle in comparison. It's like, you know, I live what in. what are we a, talking about? Yeah, right? what am I talking about? I, you know, I, I live in a great place. I got a great job. I got great friends. I got I get to do a podcast on my Sundays. You know, I'm sitting around and otherwise sure. just drinking some tequila at home. Other people sweating their asses off. Yeah. To get to, to get to it. get to it, making it, <laughs> no, making it so I can drink it. Yo, no, that's so, a real thing. That's real. Say, wow, that's, that's, that's real. real. So, uh, so guys, thanks so much for being on. Uh, as always, uh, for our listeners, we appreciate you guys. Tell a friend and tell a friend. Uh, you can hear us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google, and Stitcher podcasts. Um, follow us on Instagram. Get a part of the conversation and get in the ring. Till next time, guys. See you later. Peace.
0: Keep coming and holding it down. I love Ben and Eliza. They keeping it live. Make sure you come back. Yeah, one more time. Cause we bringing the vibe. Hurry and subscribe to In The Ring.